0: Before listening to this next episode of Dr. H, please keep in mind that having your own primary care provider, whether that's a physician or a nurse practitioner that is following, your care is important. Please consult them before making any medical decisions on your behalf. Now let's get to the episode. Welcome to this week's episode. Today, we're going to talk about protecting my health. And it's so appropriate that we kick off 2024. For those that are listening, welcome to um, the continued season of Dr. H. And congratulations for making it to 2024. So appropriate to talk about this particular topic. As you can kind of tell, I'm kind of hoarse when I actually recorded this episode. It is because I did not protect my health. So I definitely feel like it is important kicking off 2024 to talk about things and ways to protect your health, things that you can do to kick off, to start the year off in a positive mindset and getting things accomplished that definitely need to be accomplished. So let me ask you this. What is the first thing that you are doing this year? Are you just being grateful and thankful to see it? Are you hanging out and toasting with family and friends? attending church, whatever it is, I pray that this year is even better than last year. So, I definitely want to kind of just jump forward and talk about things that you need to do. What is a part of your to-do list now that 2024 is here? So, let's talk about the first dreaded thing that most people dread. I know I do and... I'm a nurse practitioner and I absolutely dreaded myself. And that's yearly labs. For me, I actually just had my yearly labs done. I'm a creature of habit. So typically every year I like to have my labs done around the same time because in my brain, even without me putting it on the calendar, I can say, you know, during this time when it's when it's cold outside, I'm having my labs. Or um, a while ago, I used to have it done in the summertime. That would remind me to have my labs done. So definitely have your yearly lab work done. That can include a CBC, a CMP, a lipid, an A1C, thyroid, and anything additional that your PCP may order. So I know I just gave you a lot of medical mumbo jumbo for those that are not aware of what the heck I just said. I'll kind of give you a brief description of each one of those so that way you kind of know and you're aware of what I just asked for you to have drone. A CBC is basically assessing um, multiple different things, making sure that your blood counts are good, that you do not have low blood or or what we call anemic, and also assessing to make sure that you are infection-free, which means that your white count would be normal. And any other abnormalities when it comes to the blood that may flag as abnormal. A CMP can literally be Um, literally a, um, a pile up of your sodium, your potassium, your electrolytes, your kidney function, your liver function is all of that normal. A CMP would be one of the first things that we would draw to see if there's something abnormal going on with any of that. Your thyroid level, of course, is super important. It has to do with, you know, your sleep patterns, your fatigue patterns, you know, your ability to have a decent appetite um, and have a decent mood. Those are some of the things that a TSH would assess for. um, If that level was abnormal, then additional blood work would definitely be needed. A lipid panel breaks down your cholesterol levels. The fats and things that you are consuming, is it at a high level where you are increased rates or risk for cardiac events or heart events? Or are you normal and you just need to continue doing what you're doing? I think that was pretty much all that I mentioned. Um, Some will include like a magnesium and some other things. It really just depends on your PCP's preference as far as what the baseline levels are. And then I mentioned an A1C for those that are diabetic, Definitely, if you haven't checked out my episode, Diabetes for Dummies, this is definitely an opportunity to do so if you have some additional questions about diabetes. But your A1C actually can be drawn every three months until, that you know, your doctor signs off or your nurse practitioner says that you're stable and they move you out to every six months or up to a year. So they may draw that as well to make sure that those levels are normal. This is one of the things that you definitely want to put at the highest priority in this new year and getting done. And that's your yearly labs, especially if you have not had them done. I do know that I have had patients recently in the nursing home that have been admitted that haven't had their labs drawn in years. And that's absolutely mind blowing to me. But it's very realistic. If you think about it, we have been dealing with COVID now for the last three or four years. And a lot of people don't come outside. Why? They're scared to get sick. Totally normal. I get it. But you do need your labs done. If you are at least aware of what's going on, it prepares you for the future. So it's not just hitting you in the face and you're not prepared for it. At least you know it's coming because your labs is saying that this is a possibility that it is coming. So numero uno at the top of your list. If it is time, definitely have your yearly lab work done for sure and do your uh yearly exam when it comes to your pcp usually they do your yearly labs and exam at the same time so that way you're not having to come back because most of the time if you're like me you can only get me in the office once so you better get it all at one time because i am the worst patient ever so definitely have those done as part of your yearly exam, if you are a man getting your prostate examined or your PSA level, that uh, also is part of your yearly to-do list. A PSA is a blood level that is drawn for men to test their prostate levels. That's something you definitely would want to have done at least every two years or if your PCP recommended it um, even more often due to a family history or an enlarged prostate or some other additional reason why they would want it done more often, you would definitely want to make sure that you are doing that and having the prostate itself examined. I know that is like hella awkward for me and out there to be examined by women or even by other men, but you would rather be prepared than taken off guard and then having to process all this information all at one time and it just be a bit too much. Women, let's talk about it. Mammograms, you know, the month of October, we are huge when it comes to breast cancer awareness, breast cancer screenings. Well, it is the top of the year. Have you scheduled your mammogram? If you are at least 40 years old, you should have scheduled a mammogram. If you have a family history before you're 40, you should definitely have a mammogram before then. I would definitely, if you are or have questions about mammograms, reach out to your PCP during this yearly appointment. This is an open conversation that you can have even at a checkup. You can have literally ask the provider questions about mammograms. We do not mind. I actually applaud patients that ask me about mammograms. Now I do work in long-term care, so I don't get many questions about memos lately. However, when I worked in primary care, I absolutely love when patients would ask me before I asked them about mammograms. Women, if you feel a lump or something that is suspicious on your breast that you know that is not there or has not been there, women, we know what our breasts feel like. We know what our breasts feel like. If you have felt something that is abnormal, you definitely need to make an appointment and you need to push for a diagnostic mammogram so that way they can take a better look at whatever that lump bump or whatever it is that is either on your breast under your armpit, somewhere it's not supposed to be, we can have that further examined. So, and mammogram guidelines have changed absolutely so much. So you want to make sure that if you are going to Dr. Google, like most of you do, you are using the most up-to-date when it comes to guidelines about mammos and how often and all of that, you should have it done if you're going to look it up independently, I'll say it like that um, for sure. And if you don't want to do that and you want to take the lazy way out, just ask your PCP. We as providers, because, you know, we have to keep our licenses and certifications current. We have to, of course, read up on these things and stay current. So if you don't want to look at Dr. Google, thank the Lord for that. Ask your primary and they should be able to tell you how often you should be having, you know, if you're a man, your prostate uh, examined, as well as your levels and your mammogram done. If you're a woman. Ladies. Besides our girls, we have to have the lady down below checked. Having pap smears done is important. So add this to your protecting my health things to do for the year. Put it at the top of your list along with your labs. Having your pap smear done. I like to have all of my yearly things done within the month just because it kind of reminds me that, hey, when that month comes, I know I need to go ahead. Get all these things done, have my PAP done, have my labs done, my yearly exam done, and I am done with all of that. And my insurance will be happy and I can move on knowing that I am okay right now. And if they saw anything abnormal, let's follow up, let's deal with it and move on. Definitely be mindful of the guidelines when it comes to pap smears themselves, how often you should be having one done. Most people start at age 21 uh, to 29 having a pap smear done or when you become sexually active. Keyword, you see, I said when you become sexually active. If you are having sex, then you definitely should be getting a pap smear New guidelines say, uh, according to what I have reviewed, it's every three years for a pap smear. However, I will say if you are an exception to the rule, and I am an exception to the rule, you can have one yearly. And that's if you've ever had like any abnormal cells or if you have any family history. I have had abnormals in the past where the cells have been abnormal. So I do opt to have mine done every year. Just because cervical cancer, just like breast cancer, is very common, especially in African-American women. So I opt to have mine done every year because I would rather be safe and aware than sorry, to be honest. I don't want to be one of those people coming into the office and they're saying you have cancer and it is so far gone because I just selfishly chose to ignore it. So include all of these things in a to-do list for you at the top of the year. Yearly labs, MAMO, PAP if you are a lady, prostate exam, and a PSA level if you are a man. Next, um, because I kind of mentioned insurances and all of that jazz. If you do like me and get all of your yearly things done in a month. If you're like me, I'd be looking at my deductibles, trying to see how much more I can spend before I can run that checkup for the rest of the year, courtesy of my insurance. That sounds absolutely awful as a nurse practitioner, but I definitely do that. I see how close I am to my deductible and I do my best to make sure that I'm getting all the things done that need to be done. And when they give me the green light saying that I have met my deductible and everything else, I literally can walk in and sign my name and roll out. Trust and believe if anything happens between then and the end of the year, your girl is getting it checked out. Now, I have to admit, it's been a while since I've actually been able to do that because thank the Lord, I have been healthy. But any opportunity that I get the chance to do that, why not? And I encourage you to do it as well. So if you're having any major surgeries or anything like that and you know you're going to meet your deductible, you haven't had your yearly labs and exams done immediately, go ahead, do it afterwards. You can waive any additional fees if your deductibles have been met and that is the way your insurance rolls. Definitely check to make sure that that is the case um, going forward so that way you know. But you want to make sure that you're getting all of that done, the basics out of the way You don't want to ignore symptoms that can cost you more later. And I feel like that's how a lot of people nowadays do struggle. You'll literally ignore symptoms until you can't ignore them anymore and then you go to the doctor. Prime example, me currently. I ignored my symptoms until I was almost at a whisper and could barely... um, function as far as me talking and then I went to the doctor got diagnosed with bronchitis a shot for medications later I'm back on the mend voice is still not a hundred percent but I am learning to pace myself just the same advice that I give you guys sitting here on this podcast I am learning to take my own advice imagine that Dr. H taking her own advice so I'm definitely pacing myself next If you are keeping count as far as things to protect your health. For me, um, when I talk about my health, I don't just talk about my physical health. I talk about my mental health. This next piece is for your mental health. Do something for your mental health. At the top of every year, and and I know my husband is used to me doing it, I purchase a yearly calendar. Now, I know something as minute as a yearly calendar may not be super important to a lot of people out there that think that is absolutely asinine to purchase a new calendar for your mental health. But for me, I am beyond busy. I'm on multiple committees. I serve, you know, in a sorority as far as a nonprofit. I work two facilities in a nursing home. I'm also a proud mom of three and wife so my calendar is pretty booked blessed and busy so i have to make sure that i am not double and triple booking myself because my friends know i am notorious for doing so but since i have completed dmp school something that i have challenged myself personally to do prior to 2024 was to make sure that i am double booking myself less as in Using the calendar that I bought myself, actually, when I commit to an event, write it down. And if someone asks me, am I available on that particular day, if I cannot fully be present without running around like a chicken with my head cut off, respectfully declining an additional event, because I feel like it is so important People are dying left and right, and it's so many people that I know, so many people that I don't know, and people are not fully present. You want to make sure that you are fully being present when you are attending things. For me, that's putting my phone down if I can, having conversation, eye contact. Truly being present in that moment and enjoying every bit of it because who knows the person to the left or right of me could be dead tomorrow. Heck, I could be dead tomorrow for all I know. So I want to make sure that I am fully present and in the moment. So getting a yearly calendar, purchasing it where you can literally jot down Information as far as things that you are doing, things that you plan to attend or go to, super important. You can mark things down and do your very best to try to not overbook yourself. Be present, it's important and whoever or wherever you're attending will be absolutely wonderful and in positive vibes if you are present and not literally looking at your clock trying to figure out how many more minutes you got before you get to this next event because I have done this many many times and I have the worst regret because I'm like I can't fully be present because I'm so obsessed over gotta make the next event gotta be on time whatever it is and that is not a play that's not um a way that you want to be So just like you protect your physical health, protect your mental health. Do something for your mental health. So if you know something makes you super anxious, like waiting to the last minute to do something or doing something you know you're not supposed to do or taking shortcuts you're not supposed to take, do your best this next year in 2024 to do less of that. So your mental health is better. Your anxiety is better. Your depression is better. Do something for your mental health that will ultimately impact you overall. So for me, definitely will be purchasing another calendar and reminding myself that I will commit to this calendar, write my events on this calendar and not overbook myself, respectfully declining things that I just can't make because I'm not able to fully be present and reduce the amount of anxiety that I have. Also, when it comes to your calendar, booking yourself time off, whether that is self-care where you're just doing relaxation things like a massage or a facial or getting your lashes done or your brows done or, you know, something else like literally just doing absolutely nothing, just sitting and doing nothing. It is by far probably one of the most relaxing things ever. I rarely do it, but it is so nice. And reading a book maybe. I do that a lot now and it is fantastic. I love just sitting in the recliner with my blanket on, reading my Kindle, and just literally listening to the TV maybe and reading my book for hours. Fantastic. Best self-care ever. Because I just allow my mind to drift off and it is just so amazing. So. On your calendar, book some time that's like that each and every week. That's actually something that my therapist mentioned to me a while back that I still commit to. Um, every one to two weeks, committing some type of self-care on my calendar, just like I book myself for everything else. She mentioned, do not cancel your self-care. So if you're booked for that time, then respectfully decline like you would any any other thing that you would respectfully decline that you couldn't make. Schedule time for you for your mental health Your body will thank you later. I Have come to find if your mental and physical are literally working in unison You cannot lose you cannot fail. You're gonna do nothing but win Which I think is absolutely amazing Next this one may be a little, I don't know, some people may raise brows over it because some people, I always hear them talk about doing it in the spring and technically it's not spring yet, it's still the winter, but I like to do this and let's see what uh, you guys say. Start cleaning. I know, right, that sounds absolutely crazy, but yes, start start cleaning now. Don't wait to spring cleaning to do it start the cleaning now so that it's not so overwhelming later so what i mean by cleaning that could be cleaning your house it could be cleaning your closet i know for me i have a ton of items i don't wear anymore and i genuinely need to clean that stuff up and make donations you know salvation army takes donations there are several organizations around me that take donations you can literally look on google and just put Um, Places that take clothes donations near me and Google will provide you local donations. You can call and see if they're taking donations and drop them by. You can clean your items and bless someone with some nice clothes also. So. If you start that now, and I don't mean literally take two, three days and do it all in one day. I mean, just gradual cleaning. Because for me, once I start, I, I get so caught up in so many other things. And I as the people say, I chase rabbits that I get lost in what the heck I was doing initially. So I will literally, I'll gradually clean and I'll get it to way I want it to. And then I'm satisfied and then I move on. But I... I have to challenge myself to start earlier so that way i'm not so overwhelmed thinking oh my god i bought all this stuff i have no room for it just because i didn't clean versus just going ahead cleaning doing some now and maybe getting later let's say hypothetically today what is january so hypothetically maybe in march or april as it starts to warm up i can clean out some more stuff as well between my fall and winter and then spring and summer because if you're like me if i see something cute i buy it and then i'm thinking after about 4 or 5 pieces later i need to stop buying items because i need to clean out some stuff to make room for said items So, gradually clean, so it's not so overwhelming. For me, that helps my anxiety. I have learned to find my triggers, and I know a lot of people say avoid the triggers, but for me, it's just more of being proactive so the triggers don't trigger me. That's deep, right? So, that's what you want to do make sure that you're doing your part so that your anxiety isn't so heavy so just start doing some gradual cleaning and thank you girl later i'll go ahead and say it in advance you're welcome so i want you to start 2024 out making you the top priority be aware of your health before it inadvertently takes over any goals that you may have set to crush. This is Dr. H. Happy New Year and until next time. Take the first step towards a healthier and happier you by subscribing to my podcast on your favorite platform. Each episode is packed with an expert point of view practical tips, and inspiring stories that will empower you to prioritize self-care and unlock your potential.